BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Eco Chic. It is so nice to have you here today for our Earth Day episode. My name is Laura Diaz. I am really excited for today's episode because it's a style that I haven't done in a little while. We're going through some high-level five quick tips or quick habits to implement to make Earth Day every day. If you're listening to this episode, I'm going into it assuming that you've started picking up on your sustainable habits already. So if you're already interested in making Earth Day every day, I'm assuming that you've cut down a little bit at least on your single-use plastic consumption. You're thinking about what voting with your dollar means. You're curious at least about plant-based eating. You've started the journey for yourself, and this is a collection of habits and tips to just take that a little bit further. Tip number one or habit number one for making Earth Day every day, I am a big believer in tailoring your hobbies to be more nature-centric. So this may mean adding in a new hobby. So I'm going to refer to a tip that my friend Jess, she goes by the handle Impact for Good, has suggested recently. And she said that in her recent years, she's picked up plants as a hobby. And I think this is kind of a fun one because it is one that we immediately understand as nature-centric, quite literally a plant. But learning about plants, caring about plants, that's what she describes her hobby as. So she mentioned the app Planta, P-L-A-N-T-A, which is an app that will help you learn how to water your plants. You can take a photo and learn if your plant has any sort of sickness or it'll tell you when to fertilize your plants. And it really guides you into making that more of a hobby, more of a habit in your household. There are other hobbies that you can get into if you've never dabbled in nature-centric hobbies before. One that Jess also mentioned recently was bird watching. I am not a bird watcher myself, But she mentioned that she likes this so much because in her area, she has a lot of birds. She has family that has always been bird watchers. And she has a little notebook by her house where she's started to note the birds that come to the feeder, note the songs that she's hearing. And I think that this is a really beautiful way to connect more deeply with nature. So I mentioned I am not a bird watcher myself. I did take an ornithology class in college, and it was perhaps the most impactful kind of nature-centric experience that I could have had because it was the first time that I was really hiking. I was outside and in new areas and hiking is a habit that I have carried with me throughout that experience. So even though I didn't, you know, necessarily maintain the bird watching habits and I don't remember all the songs or anything like that, the hiking and those kind of extracurricular activities that came along with bird watching ended up sticking with me for life. You can also consider some more place-specific nature-centric hobbies. So for example, where I live now, I've become a skier. I did not grow up skiing, but I have really enjoyed it where I currently live in Colorado. 
And I always joke that I really have no interest in being a good skier. I just want to be good enough that I'm comfortable and I'm having fun and I enjoy just being outside and having that experience outside. Perhaps you live in an area where you could snorkel if you haven't dabbled in that recently. Perhaps you live in an area where you have a lot of trails around you or you have a lake that you haven't really taken advantage of. And just thinking more deeply about your sense of place, where you currently are and how you can connect more deeply with that land, whatever it may be. And another way that I would encourage you to think about how to make your hobbies more nature-centric is perhaps taking a hobby that you already enjoy and adding some sort of outdoor element to it. So if you are in a book club, could you host a meeting in a local park now that it's getting a little bit warmer outside? Can you encourage your girlfriends to have some sort of activity where you're repotting plants or doing a floral arrangement class as opposed to whatever you would be typically doing going out in the town? as opposed to totally picking up a new hobby to be a little bit more nature-centric in how you spend your time, could you take your current habits and just apply some sort of outdoor element to them? Earth Day Everyday tip number two, clear out your closet. And this may sound a little counterintuitive, but I am a big believer in thrift karma. When you're cleaning out your closet, think really consciously about what pieces you actually want to keep. So not just things you like and not just things you wear, but what can you actually see yourself in a situation using again? So for example, I've been talking on TikTok recently about selling bridesmaids dresses on Poshmark. In the last couple of years, I have been a bridesmaid for some of my girlfriends. And as much as I love the girls and I feel a sentimental attachment to the dresses, I know in my heart of hearts, I will never wear this again. So it's not just that I am opposed to wearing it again, because I'm a big believer in outfit repeating. If I saw an opportunity to wear it again, I would. But just these particular dresses, the style, the colors, whatever it is, it just doesn't feel like me. If I'm going to an event where that would be appropriate, I know that I would most likely gravitate towards something else. So because these are dresses I only wore for a single day, probably just for a single evening more specifically, I spent good money on them, I got them hemmed, I took good care of them, and they're in their nice little bags hanging up in my closet. I want to put them on Poshmark at a really discounted price to make sure some other girl can enjoy this dress and also probably only wear it for one day. I feel like in the sustainability community, we talk a lot about the value of secondhand shopping and taking things out of the waste stream when it comes to the fashion industry. And that's really, really valuable. But again, if you're listening to the show, if you're thinking about Earth Day habits already, I assume that you're interested at least in secondhand shopping. I think the next step to that is making sure that you're giving good things to the secondhand marketplace. If you are just hoarding your clothes, if you're just hoarding stuff that you know you're not gonna wear again, You are keeping that from someone else, enjoying it and using it thoughtfully. So making sure that we are conscious about what we're holding on to and making sure that there's good quality things in the market. Tip number three for Earth Day every day. I'm a really big believer that to care about the earth, you should encourage yourself to have some sort of firsthand experience with the earth. Get outside, get in nature. I'm really a huge advocate for planning trips to public lands. Especially if you're not someone who typically takes vacations or plans weekend trips to outdoor spaces, this is an amazing way not just to connect with nature, but also to very directly vote with your dollar. You are giving money back to the recreation and to the maintenance of a public land, of a protected space. If you're interested in taking that one step further and trying out something new, perhaps you're considering camping, think about renting your camping gear as opposed to buying a whole bunch of new stuff for a new hobby that you don't know if you're absolutely going to love and do frequently. 
I think where people get hung up when it comes to planning trips with public lands in mind or as their destination is the image in their head that it has to be some sort of grand adventure. You have to be going far away to visit a national park. Now, while I totally encourage you to plan trips like that, to see our national parks, I really do also encourage you to think about your state parks, to think about perhaps recreation areas, again, lakes, mountain regions, things that are within driving distance or within reasonable distance to perhaps another trip you're planning, you can tack on an extra day and do something outdoors and really give back to a state park, a local park, enjoy that nature, connect a little bit more deeply with a particular place. I think people also assume that public lands, vacations, or trips have to be some sort of grand rugged adventure. You don't have to camp if you don't want to. A lot of these places have nice little hotels within them, or they have inns nearby or places outside the park where you can support that local community as well. It's not necessarily like you're packing in all your food. There are places to eat. You don't necessarily have to make it a rugged adventure if you're not ready for that yet. If you are, there are amazing ways to do that as well. And I feel like public lands trips or experiences are a little bit of a pick your own adventure type trip. You can make it exactly what you want it to be. And I can talk more deeply about this at a later time or on social media if you want to talk about this. I am personally a huge fan of planning public lands related trips or with public lands as my final destination. I'm a big believer in the national park system. Like I mentioned earlier, you can go on mps.gov for those listening in the US. I'm sure that other countries have similar websites, but they have this really wonderful map system where you can click through and see the national lands in your area. So it's not just parks, but also recreation areas or national monuments. And then similarly, you can do that with your state parks and your state recreation areas. I take a pretty lax planning approach to these trips. So once I find the location, I like to show up with very little planned and I will ask the park ranger what's good that season, what kind of hike I'm looking for, how long I'm looking to hike, what kind of views I'm looking to do. And there are people employed by these national parks or by these public lands or state parks or whatever it may be that are deep, deep experts. And I really do believe they're an underutilized resource. So going there, interacting with the rangers, making sure that you are being as thoughtful as possible in your trip there. And then also in your planning this trip, there's an incredible educational opportunity to learn about the indigenous peoples in that land, to learn about the indigenous history and the historic place of that land in its local community. There's an amazing learning opportunity leading up to this trip. And then once you arrive, there's actually incredible opportunity for you to just truly experience something in the moment with the experts guiding you along the way. Quick break to tell you about one of my very favorite brands, Green Chef. In honor of Earth Month, Green Chef is offering a collection of brand new limited time only recipes made with sustainable, earth-friendly ingredients all throughout the month of April. Also to celebrate Earth Month, Green Chef has partnered with One Tree Planted to plant trees in northern Thailand to combat food insecurity in vulnerable communities. They're planting one tree for every box sold. I personally love Green Chef because I find it incredibly convenient if I'm traveling to have a meal already set and to have ingredients already pre-portioned out. I don't have to keep a whole bunch of stuff in my fridge and I don't have to worry about a lot of food going to waste. But even more so, in addition to how delicious the recipes are, I also love the experience of creating a Green Chef meal. My partner and I especially love to plan weeknight date nights around cooking in the kitchen and making a new Green Chef meal that we both really enjoy. It's seriously one of our favorite things to do. We put a little James Taylor on Spotify and with the warmer weather, we like to sit outdoors and make these really delicious, easy to follow recipes in a very short period of time. 
they're healthy, they taste delicious. Sometimes I make them for myself and I just have leftovers, but doing it with a partner is also so much fun and a really great, wonderful way to bond. I personally love the Mediterranean meal kit, but Green Chef has options for every single lifestyle. They have a keto plan, protein-packed, vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, gluten-free. It is so incredibly customizable. And it's also really important to me that the food is ultra sustainable. So Green Chef is the only meal kit that is both carbon and plastic offset. 100% of their delivery missions are offset to your door, as well as 100% of the plastic inside every box. Plus, nearly all the packaging materials are curbside recyclable in most of the U.S., The recipes feature premium proteins, seasonal organic produce, and sustainably sourced seafood. There is a meal kit option for every single lifestyle. They are really quick, really delicious, and I feel like Green Chef truly aims to not just encourage you to eat well, but there are dinners that really work for you, not the other way around. I'll share on social after this episode comes out some pics of my recent Green Chef meals. Again, I normally like the Mediterranean one, but I've tried a few of them and I really, really enjoy them. Go to greenchef.com slash ecochic60 and use code ecochic60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Again, that's greenchef.com slash ecochic60 and use code ecochic60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. I'll have it in the show notes. I know you're really going to love it ebay motors is here for the ride with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly brake kits led headlights bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Tip number four for making Earth Day every day is incorporating more casual plant-based cooking into your schedule. So when I say casual plant-based cooking, I say that because I assume that if you're already thinking a little bit about your impact on the planet, perhaps you're vegan curious or perhaps you already live a plant-based lifestyle. I think there's something really beautiful about the middle ground of plant-based cooking. So perhaps you don't always eat plant-based, but you're curious about it. How can you incorporate more of those recipes into your everyday routine or into your weekly lineup? How can you explore what plant-based cooking looks like for you? If you haven't found perhaps like a tofu recipe that really works for you, there are so many incredible content creators online that you can find recipes to just experiment a little bit more with plant-based cooking. And then the community aspect of this that I'm really passionate about and really a huge, huge advocate for is just bringing more plant-based dishes to events with your friends. Making plant-based cooking more casual is not only inclusive to those plant-based eaters around you, but it also reduces the barrier to entry for those that may not yet be vegan curious or they've thought about plant-based eating, but they haven't pushed themselves to try out those recipes or shop at those particular restaurants. I feel like a reason that I love cooking and something that I love so much about events that center around food is the community aspect of cooking and of food. There is something really incredible about being able to bring people together around dish. And if that happens to be a plant-based dish, that's great. 
if you have someone in your life that would quote unquote never eat vegan, there is an amazing vegan version of something they already love and it just has to be introduced into their atmosphere. Maybe there are people around you who think of vegan food in a very one-dimensional way. They think of it as something that's just crunchy and brown and they just don't want anything to do with it. That's just not the world we live in anymore. And that's just not the way that vegan recipes should be represented. So if there's a way to take something like a mushroom or take like a really cool ingredient and make it the star of the show when it comes to whatever dish you're bringing to perhaps a gathering or a friend's dinner party, or I mentioned, you know, maybe you want to do your book club at the park. How can you just incorporate some very casual plant-based cooking to open the minds of some people around you, but also to just be inclusive to those already plant-based eaters? Tip number five for making Earth Day every day, diversify your content. And I say this knowing that, again, if you're listening to this show, perhaps you're already looking into environmental or eco-conscious content creators online. Now I have to give a quick plug. If this is your first time listening to Eco Chic, or if you've been here a couple times before, just make sure you're subscribed so you get this kind of information all year round every single week. But on top of listening to environmental or eco-conscious podcasts like Eco Chic, how are you casually consuming environmental content? So perhaps you're already following a couple of people on Instagram that are in the sustainability or sustainable lifestyle space. Are there content creators that you haven't explored yet or areas of content you haven't explored yet where you can follow some folks? So perhaps you're really interested in those sustainability living tips. Are there people who are specifically focused on eco-conscious food or eco-conscious fashion that you can talk to more about? Are there areas of environmental education where you haven't fully exposed yourself yet? So we talked a little bit earlier about public lands and the opportunity to educate yourself on the indigenous peoples in that area. There are incredible indigenous content creators online that will speak to you about their story, about their place. And there's incredible environmental intersections with any of those opportunities to storytell. Taking that example and moving it one step further, I truly, truly believe that there are environmental intersections with any topic that you're interested in. Fashion, food, skincare, travel, the place that you currently live in. There are incredible ways to incorporate environmental content and environmental narratives into the information that you're already casually consuming. So making sure that you're not only broadening your horizons, but making it really easy for yourself to access this information and this education all year round. I will share on social media some of my favorite content creators in any of these intersections, in any of these spaces. Again, I am a really true believer that there is an environmental way to talk about any topic you already love. I'll make sure it's a standstill post on my Instagram, but then I'll also talk through it on other platforms. I think there's amazing ways to not only diversify the content that you're seeking, but also making sure that you're supporting folks in these spaces. It's hard to be a content creator in the environmental space. It's hard to think about the ethics of influencing in the environmental space. And I feel like that's a can of worms we can get into another time. But there are amazing people doing amazing work, really educating the public and making it extra digestible in this micro way and these really short form pieces of content. So I'm going to go ahead and share some of those. But I also encourage you to just explore some areas online where you haven't really dabbled in before. That's it from me. Thank you so, so much for tuning into this episode on how to make Earth Day every day. I hope those five tips or five habits that we walked through today got you thinking. I really enjoyed making the outline for this episode because it encouraged me to think more deeply about my habits. 
when you're in the environmental space or you're interested in sustainable living or whatever it may be for you, however you define it, it's really easy to fall into a routine or fall into a schedule. You feel like you're doing enough, but there's always opportunities to learn more, to push yourself a little bit further, to just get more deeply seeped in your interests and in your hobbies when it comes to environmental living. So I hope this was helpful for you, at least got you thinking. I'm looking forward to hearing some of your tips and some of your feedback on this episode, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Have a good one. Bye.